0: But you never know, you could, but when you feel that way, ain't it good, good, dancing in the rain? Dancing in the rain?
1: What's up, Fairful? Welcome back to the 49er Fairful UK Live on our new regular Wednesday slot. As always, I'm your host, Paul Hope, and I'm delighted to be back with a new format for a new year for the live show. Joining me tonight is a man who I'm sure he needs no introduction, our very own El Presidente. Thanks for joining me tonight, Lee.
0: No problem, mate. Thanks for having us on the show. I'm really looking forward to this. I've done a lot of research. Some of it was crazy. He let us down some rabbit holes I do not want to come back from. Um, but it's going to be interesting listening to some of this.
1: So for those of you who may not have seen Lee's fantastic YouTube short, which is a new feature for the live this year, he talks about the new format. So we're moving away from the preview and review element because we do that on the podcast. We're going to look at some new and exciting ways to make the live more interactive and more engaging. I will continue to be your host and I will be joined by the podcast crew as well as special guests from time to time. So before we get into tonight's topic and all Lee's crazy conspiracy theories on why we moved to Levi Stadium, how are you doing tonight, Lee?
0: I'm doing fantastic and I love the fact that I can say fantastic without getting a mark against me on the Predictor scoreboard.
1: It's well documented, it doesn't count on a Wednesday, (laughs) Lee.
0: (laughs) Feels so good to be able to say that, but I need to be careful. Just in case I accidentally do it on the podcast the next time I'm on there, but yeah, can't wait to get into this. Um, I, I think it's exciting times. Uh, we've got some, we've got some really good topics coming up. Um, like I said, I've done a lot of research today, and it was all based off a conversation I had with Najee probably two years ago. In fact, he was part of that conversation. It was at the end of one of our podcasts where we generally finish recording, and, and then we talk for like half anywhere from half an hour to an hour. And I believe this one was one of those times we actually talked for an hour. And we kind of went down this rabbit hole. We were talking about the uh, the Golden State Warriors. And um, naji just out of the blue, came up. Oh, yeah, it's like that conspiracy theory why we moved from Candlestick. And we we're like, what? <laughs> what conspiracy theory? So that led us to think, you know what? Because it's now 10 years that we've been in Levi's, let, let's talk about the move from Candlestick to Levi's. And obviously the 10 years and, and what we thought of those 10 years. So, yeah, really looking forward to it, mate.
1: Yeah, so before we get started, the Wednesday chat is on fire. So James, who is a big part of the live show, in real life as well. If anyone's seen that photo of me stood next to James at Levi's, Lee, I look like a small child. But he says, evening all, happy new year. It's a shame that Nick has left the show and he's looking forward to the new format. And he's sure that Nick will pop on the show in the future, onwards and upwards. We're joined in the house by Melissa. Happy New Year to you. Were you going to say something there, Lee? Sorry. I was. I
0: was. So luckily, a couple of people have just told me I'm a little bit quiet. Uh, How's that sounding now, guys? I know both Colin and uh, Wayne have said that. uh, I was a little bit quiet there.
1: So it's quite ironic because Lee is the man in the know. Lee is the one who set me up with my own (laughs) studio. Whenever we record, Lee's the one who always helps with my my sound. my technology
0: is a little bit too clever for its own good now. So my my technology, I've, I've got this mode called safe mode on my amp so it it kind of um it listens to the audio ninety six thousand times per second and if i'm clipping it automatically turns us down but it doesn't turn us back up again if i'm too quiet so it's a little bit um rock between uh caught between a rock and a hard place to be honest so i've turned safe mode off so you might hear us go really loud if i get excited (laughs) (laughs) and that might help once we get the conspiracy theories
1: that's my job. So, Melissa, another beauty of doing the live show. It's getting ready tonight, Lee. About quarter past seven. Thought I got me notes, yeah. got my topic ready. And then Pete Carroll decided to announce the news that he's no longer going to be the head coach at our rivals, the Seattle Seahawks. So, I have seen that, Melissa. So, cheeky shout out there. There's a lot of people in the chat. We're joined by Thomas, 49ers Faithful, Denmark, checking in. Barry is in the house solely are you going to kick us off because you said about the conspiracy theory and i chuckled because as you said we press end record then we end up chatting and it was one of those discussions where i think at the end we all said that would have made one hell of a podcast why didn't we just leave record on and as i said at the start of the show everyone we have the podcast which do the review and preview element of the shows so what we're trying to do is just move the live bit more to like tonight, looking at different topics. So, yeah. like you said, Ty, Living dangerously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ty's not wrong, honestly. Okay, so I'm going to bore you a little bit with a kind of a little history corner first. So, the move from Candlestick to um, to Levi's, obviously, it, it happened between 2013 and 2014. 2013 being the last season at uh, Candlestick, 2014 our first season at Levi's. Now, one of the thing you always hear from the majority of 49er fans... Um, it's all about Jed York and why they hate Jed York. Oh, it's all Jed York's fault that we moved from um San Francisco to Santa Clara. And I think it was maybe eight, eight months ago, I did, I did a little bit of research into that just to find out whether or not it was his problem because it didn't stack up for me when he actually took over as a 49er CEO. So I did the work. Uh, so he's a little bit of a history corner. So John Edward York, born on the 9th of March, 1981, He was born and raised in Youngstown, Ohio. He graduated from Notre Dame with a bachelor's degree in finance and history. He worked at the Guggenheimers Partners as a financial analyst, but left after one year. When he left, that's when he became the director of strategic planning for the 49ers, later promoted to the vice president of strategic planning. Now, in 2008, December, he became president of the 49ers. Now, the next bit's important and that date. So in December 2008, John and Denise York still retained ultimate decision-making as CEO. In 2010, that is when Jed assumed the role of CEO alongside that of president. So remember that date, that's 2010. In 2012, he stepped aside as uh, president, but he retained the role of CEO. So Levi Stadium in 2006, the 49ers proposed a new stadium on candlestick point and negotiations with the city fell through so denise and john york announced that the stadium build was moving to santa clara now it wasn't until another three years so 2009 on the 19th of may santa clara officials signed off on the proposal to build a 68 seat stadium and lease it back to the 49ers and that was a 40-year lease so in 2009 that's when it was signed off and at that time The only people in the 49ers who could sign that off was John and Denise York. They ultimately signed off that move. In 2010, Santa Clara voted uh, to approve a measure to create a tax-exempt Santa Clara Stadium Authority, which allowed them to lease it back to the 49ers um, at cost. In December 2011, the loan was secured and construction started in April 2012. So Jed York, he had no decision-making power when it was signed over, that lease was signed over to Santa Clara City. That was done by John and Denise York. When he came in, he actually oversaw the move. So it wasn't his, it wasn't his decision. He didn't sign off on it. He had absolutely no choice because they'd signed off on a 40-year lease. That was it. It was a legal, legal contract. So he had to oversee it. But a lot of people see Jed York as being the one that moved us out of uh, San Francisco. And he, and he wasn't. So I wanted to... Do that little bit of history so you know from now on when people turn on to, well, Jed York moved us out of San Francisco. He didn't. His parents did. He just oversaw the, the actual move itself. So, conspiracy
1: theories. Well, before you go there, what you're saying to everyone is it's no coincidence that you met Jed York and now you've returned to England laying <laughs> your arm with all his knowledge. There's a conspiracy theory for you. <laughs> well,
0: to be honest, I... Th- do, Believe it or not, I think it was a and Breezy show like I was going to look at this. Because people kept on ringing in saying how bad, bad an owner, Jed York, was. And I thought, well, other than other than the Trent Bulky situation, I, I didn't really believe that. But he's been tarred with that brush. Obviously, Trent bulky and Jim Tom He got rid of Harbour. And if I think about it, what Harbour did was inexcusable. And I can understand why he did that from a management point of uh, perspective. But other than that, yeah, I thought he got a bit of a bad rap. So I thought I'd just do that. i will just look into that and see how it went. But like I said, I mean, conspiracies. So Naji, one day on the pod, he just happened to mention this conspiracy. And we thought, I've never even heard of that. I've never heard of any conspiracy theories around candlestick. Um, and luckily enough, the one that he mentioned to me, the third one that I'll tell you about, does actually contain some of that information that he uh, that that he gave <laughs> good friend <laughs> he, he didn't let us have his private jet tie so I wouldn't call him that good a friend <laughs> okay so the first conspiracy theory and like I said this was really difficult to actually get through these and find these so I've had to go down subreddits some of these places were a dark dark place <laughs> so the very first one that I found was Scooby-Doo So Scooby-Doo, there was a rumor that Warner Brothers, who own the rights to the Scooby-Doo franchise, paid John and Denise York to move the team away from Candlestick Park, so that Scooby-Doo land could be built. Scooby-Doo has a long history of fighting crime in San Francisco, including the infamous Minor 49er, which was in the Gold City Ghost Town. So that's the first one I found. And obviously, everything that I've read here, other than Potentially the last one, which I do think has an element of truth about it, is just far-fetched baloney. So the second one, it was haunted by a former groundskeeper. The site became popular with paranormal enthusiasts. There were numerous reports of strange noises and sightings of a ghostly nature in the stadium, leading some to believe that the stadium is indeed haunted. And that is still this, that is still thought today. It's not just the stadium, but it's the ground that the stadium was built on. Now, that actually ties in a little bit with the third and the most interesting of the conspiracy theories. So this is the one where Naji mentioned something. And luckily enough, because he mentioned, what he mentioned, I was able to do a Google search on it. So the site was actually previously a military base. And before it was demolished, the US military buried considerable amounts of radioactive material in the ground. And this happened way before any standards for actually burying or disposing of radioactive ma- material came into being. So therefore, the, the dumping of the material was not particularly done very well. Um, I think it wasn't at uh, a low enough level, and it wasn't encased in concrete, which I believe it should be nowadays. So rumour has it that once the NFL became aware of this, they conducted an extensive investigation into potential side effects of the san francisco 49ers playing on that field eight times a year and from that they deduced that the effects were the reason and the one and only reason why jerry rice was superhuman (laughs) and to me that's the best of the conspiracy theories i found yeah
1: i mean there's a few people adding their own so i'm just gonna put this one up there lee so Luke has put there that when um, De bought the 49ers, he promised to keep the team in the city itself. And when the headquarters moved from Daly City, uh, Santa Clara, that was a clue that the team was on its way out. And uh, that was part of the research that I did for tonight, saying that the team headquarters had already been moved out of the city. So a few people weren't surprised. Um, It looks as if Melissa and Ty, both good friends of the show, have their own shows later. So we do appreciate, Ty, that Wednesday is a busy day for content creators. The aim of the live show on the 49th April UK is we go live at 8pm in the UK. There's not many shows like what you guys have, and that's what we wanted to bring to the UK audience. So I appreciate we're live, I think, 3pm Eastern, 12 noon Pacific, but we do hope that people will watch back. Like tonight, I won't be up for Ty's show because it's on at like 2 in the morning here and I've got work, but you'll... Rest assuredly, tomorrow lunchtime, I'll be watching Jess and Ty chop it up. So that's what we do in the 49ers community. The Scooby Doo conspiracy theory isn't one that I'd heard, but uh, Chris likes your theory there. He's put it turned Jerry Rice into the monsters from Space Jam. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly did. Certainly <laughs> we're, did.
1: We're joined by Aaron, 49ers first take. So Aaron's another one due to the time difference. I'm trying to stream with aaron and we just can't match up with work yeah. family he's put there that he likes the JFK magic bullet theory and we appreciate the love aaron we dig you too aaron you can catch him on his own channel and with our good friend ted talks ball jay peplow is agreeing with number three makes sense to why it was torn down and No, I, I, I
0: did read a reason why that was um torn down rather than demolished so by demolished he means blown up and um, because that was the original idea they're just going to blow up Candlestick Park okay, raise it to the ground uh, but instead they knocked it down instead and that was something to do rather with the, the surrounding areas um, which I believe isn't a particularly good area I remember going over to Candlestick back in 20, 2013 um, and I was supposed to get a bus to Gilman and Paul and everybody I'd spoke to had said when you get off that bus be very careful because you're going through a bad neighbourhood there um, and we ended up getting a taxi because that's when I met David Ellicott. Um, once we got out the taxi, it wasn't too far along from Gilman and Paul, so it wasn't that far away f- along from the uh, the bus stop, which I'd been getting off. But obviously there was four of us, um, and it did look like a, quite a, a rough area. Um, but, I mean, nothing happened. Everybody was just tailgating or getting ready to tailgate. Um, but apparently, out of respect for the local uh, residents, they tore it down rather than blew it, blown it up.
1: Well, talking about dynamite and blowing stuff up. Yes, Chris, I had this in my notes and I spoke to Lee earlier. So it's yeah. the 42nd anniversary of The Catch today, which was one well, the greatest moment at Candlestick, partly. And you alluded to, you were fortunate enough to go there. So when me and Lee have been putting together this show tonight, Tracy was actually quite excitedly because Tracy bought me this in 2022. <laughs> And I'll be honest, I've not had the heart to do it because everybody has warned me it's going to take hours and hours. And when we were getting ready for the show, everyone, I said, I've got a surprise, Lee. I'm going to show this off. Now, Lee, I've shown you mine. You've shown <laughs> me yours.
0: <laughs> My, mine's just a little bit bigger.
1: <laughs> so we told you we go a bit crazy on the live, but this has got more significance for me. Obviously, everybody watching knows it was my first trip this year. So when we were putting together this show and you were talking at the start about your conspiracy theories, I didn't realise that the original plans for Levi's were for it to be built in the city so the open ends would get the view of the city. Now, I think I had read that somewhere, but that made more sense to me because when we were out in San Francisco, we visited Oracle Park, we did the stadium tour, and I must admit, the site sat up in the seats, apart from it's that immense. glass seat, which it's Neil Graham had a heart attack about, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. And I thought that would make sense if the ends were open. And then I watched yeah. a video earlier today and it was talking about the fact that we're under the flight plan at San Jose, so we can't put shelter over because that's of right. the height restrictions and the fact that they just took the original plans and thought, oh, we can move them 40 miles up the
0: road. Do, do you know why they did that, though? No, because that's they I... didn't want to pay... For another designer to design a stadium, that would be perfect for Santa Clara. So they just took the plans that they already had and moved them down to Santa Clara, and that's why. And I I think in hindsight, we'll get into it when we talk about uh, season uh, 2014, um, in hindsight, I think they wish they hadn't done that because of the issues that that caused.
1: Yeah. So Ty has got his own conspiracy theory that you, the team was moved to Santa Clara just so you could get to games faster.
0: <laughs> that That is the last thing that I can do, get to games faster. It's a nightmare.
1: So Luke put there that he camped three nights in Candlestick Point just to buy uh layoff tickets in 81. So I think that's playoff tickets. Playoff but... tickets, yeah. <laughs> I, you shouldn't just read what's on the screen. Get me no, you shouldn't. And Neil, I've just been mentioning about your... A wonderful experience at Oracle Park and there's certain seats <laughs> that you would like to sit in if you ever go back. Um, and I did hear this, that part of the reason the city and the organisation came to a bit of a standstill was yeah. the team were very high on it needed to be accessible. Um, I mean, I've only been once and I can say that obviously we Ubered it from the city centre to the stadium but coming home i found that quite easy you know we got on the train we got off at one stop it felt there was no rush to get back but you'll chuckle because i remember when you put the itinerary together for the trip and i was like what are we going to do on the sunday night and you're like what do you mean what are we going to do on the sunday night like, Well the game will finish about five six o'clock surely we'll be doing something but by the time we took our photos, walked yeah. on the stadium came out you were right there was literally no time to do anything and i, I think that As a UK fan, NFL Sundays normally means plugging into the TV at 6pm and watching all the games. It's a different experience being in America watching a game. Would you think that's safe to say?
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, it's safe to say. And For a start, you keep on forgetting that. there's uh, The early games are 10 o'clock in the morning over in California. So, I mean, every time I've been over there, I can guarantee you every single time I've forgotten to set my fantasy team.
1: Yeah. I I, I mean, I said to you... I was in 11 leagues this year and I just I wasn't bothered when we were out there. Uh, James has put that he went to Candlestick Park for 49ers games on six occasions and the one all six times. He's been to Levi's once and the one. Interesting conspiracy theory, James. So, what he's saying <laughs> is he should go up every 49ers game. We'd never lose again. I like that, James. Yeah, uh, I like that as well. Barry McCartney needed the stadium for a concert and believed the spirit of John was trapped there. Because obviously. Funnily enough, I mean, funnily
0: enough, when I searched on um Candlestick Park conspiracies, a lot of the stuff that came up was about the Beatles and about Pete Best. And apparently Pete Best waited for um, John, George, Paul, and Ringo to go to their changing rooms in Candlestick Park. And he turned around and he said, I know I know what you've done. And I- I'm going to basically blow the whistle on this unless you stop uh, touring. And that's why that was the last um, tour, the last concert. But again, it's Conspiracy theories.
1: Well, you, you wanted to bring... Oh, bloody hell. If Joe Staley's watching, I thought I did a lot of fantasy leagues. 121. That is going to take some beating, Colin. But congratulations on winning 27. I'm guessing those 27 teams at CMC. Uh, Colin has joined us there. He's seen can, uh, the Niners at Candlestick 37 times. But he's still a go to Levi's. So, I mean, and Neil Graham, he wouldn't sit in the seat at Oracle Park for free. So, that, that is a bit of a, a light-hearted moment. But when we were putting together the show, and I was yeah. looking at the reasons of the team moving out, Levi Stadiums. some people either love it or hate it, especially if you're based out in San Francisco. What's your take? Because obviously we're talking conspiracy theories, um, but we're talking about the stadium in general. Because you beat a both.
0: Yeah, it was a grow it was a grow I didn't like it when I first went there and I was there in the uh, in 2014 in the first season and when you went in it just felt like um concrete and metal that's all it felt like it didn't have any it didn't have any spirit didn't have any character um you didn't have the uh the it's not called the ring of Honor now it up on the executive boxes where they've got uh, all the retired uh, players' shirts and stuff like that numbers didn't have any of that they didn't bring any of that from um, candlestick when you went into candlestick you knew you knew you were going into a historic place and i know obviously levi's couldn't have been a historic place in 2014 because it was brand new but it did feel brand new it was just like walking into a brand new building and it took a while to get that feeling that this is actually home now for us Probably is a good two, three seasons. In fact, I would say three seasons because I was back in 2015. It still felt the same as 2014. But 2017 when I went, I thought it feels a lot better now because they've made a load of changes. But still, <laughs> I know Candlestick had its um, detractors. I still like Candlestick. I, I just can't get away from the fact that I really like Candlestick. And I think that's purely because of the history.
1: It's a shame when I was reading that One of the the plans was to build, was to obviously demolish Candlestick Park. And then we're going to start building the stadium close by because it was going to be linked in with the Olympic bid, I think, for 2006. Um, But the Niners wanted, um, as Lucas put there, it's about tailgating. The Niners wanted a more football centered stadium where the city wanted more of a mixed arena. They wanted it to be more, you know, for retail shops. And the Niners were like, this is our stadium. We want it for football. Um, Nadji talked about, you correct me if I'm wrong about geography, Hunter's Point, which was the yeah, naval a, yeah. shipyard, which we were talking about. Um and so Hunter's
0: Point, candlestick point is pretty much right next to each other.
1: And that would tie in with the stadium design where you've got the open ends, which you would see. Now, do you think you've talked there about the stadium had a brand new feel, which I think was the aim of the team, they wanted to start afresh. And you mentioned the years. Yeah. So obviously, 2017 was Carl and John's first year. It and I was. think it's safe to say that the product on the field is a lot better in 2017 than it would have been when you went out in 2015, 2014.
0: Um, well, no, I mean, in 2014, we still had uh, Patrick Wilson and Navarro Bowman as uh, our inside linebackers. Um, Colin Kapnick still hadn't quite been worked out. So he, he was still able to chuck the ball about. And the game I went to, to be honest, I I think we were robbed. So Colin Kaepernick did a last-second quarterback sneak right in front of the end zone where I was, Um, and to me, it clearly looked as though it was over the line, and they ruled it as uh, short on the field. And apparently, the replay didn't show them enough because he was buried in the pack, so they couldn't see it. But to me, it looked as though he was well over the line. So I I think we were robbed that day.
1: I mean, the first year, yeah, doing do disservice. History corner on the pod. Yeah. I'm, so I'm the first I, I, I year we went. I do have the
0: stats for every year.
1: I was going to say the first year. So you'll get, if I get this wrong, yeah. I don't have the stats. We went eight and eight in the first year under we Harbour. Did. We did. We and... went eight and
0: eight. But that, that, that's, that's the regular season score. So we're just talking about Levi's here.
1: Yes, we are.
0: So Levi's, we went four and four. So back in 2014, that was Harbor's last season before they didn't renew his contract. He didn't really get fired. They just decided not to renew his contract. It was also Patrick Willis's last season. So that was the last season he played for us. Um, We actually lost our first home game in Levi's against the Bears, 28-20. Jake Cutler had our number. (laughs) Believe it or not, I mean, Jake Cutler used to throw (laughs) interceptions like they were going out of business. Um, The first win was actually against the Eagles, 26-21. Um, the game I went to was on November the 2nd, in 2014. That was the Rams game. Um, that's the one I took Andrea to. That was her first time in uh, San Francisco. Um, but I think one of the most memorable games was the uh, 28th of December game against the Arizona Cardinals at Levi's. It was Frank's Frank Gore's last game as a 49er, and he rushed for 144 yards. yards. Um, that season also, I had the first overtime game, uh, 21st of December, against the Chargers, and we lost that 38-35 so it was a little bit of a mixed bag but we started the season with uh, an even record it wasn't a losing record it wasn't a winning record both over the season and at home so it wasn't too bad it's the next couple of years where it went absolutely pear-shaped so i mean 2014 transitioning into 2015 was where people probably look at Jed York and think, yeah, he's a bad owner. And that's because he let Trent Bulge ride all over him and kind of work his way in to get rid of Harbor because he didn't like Harbor. And I mean, Harbor made his feelings known to Jed York <laughs> what he thought of him. Um, so that's when we ended up with Tom Sula. <laughs> and Jim Tom Sula, I mean, that season we went five and 11 over the season but we still went 4-4 at home. Um, again, I was lucky enough to be out at Levi's that season. Um, I went to the Cardinals game on the 29th of uh, November, which is, I don't think it was the first time we wore all black uniforms, but it was definitely the second time. I don't think it was the first one. Um, but yeah, I mean, that that was... The season overall, we didn't like it. The football we were playing wasn't very good. And um, I think, if we fare. Jim Tom Sewell should never have been given the the, the role there. He should never have been given head coach. He kind of he, I used to love Jim Tom Sewell, but he kind of wormed his way into that role. Which really disappointed. It kind of took the gloss off the guy that he was, um, which was disappointing. But then it got worse and we didn't think it could get worse. <laughs> I mean, Jim Tom Suler, how can it get worse than your head coach walking up for a press conference and then farting? But it did. It got worse. We got Chip Kelly. Yeah. 2-14, 1-7 at home. We managed to win the opening game against the Rams, 28-0. Shut them out. And then we didn't win another home game all season. Luckily enough, at the end of that season, they got rid of Chip Kelly and they got rid of Trent Polgy. which was probably the best decision that um, Jed York has ever made. Well, sorry, their best decision comes up after getting rid of them. It was the second best decision. So that's when Shanahan and Lynch came in for the 2017 se- season. So the 22nd of September was a memorable game for me. Probably as a memorable game for most people, especially in the neutral. It's one of those games you look back on and you think, wow, that game was absolutely fantastic. Unfortunately, we lost it, (laughs) but it was absolutely fantastic. And the Rams beat us 41-39. It was a really good game to watch. I think uh, both teams were in the colour-rush uniforms. They were. So the Rams were in bright yellow from head to toe, we were in the yeah. black uniforms again. Um, it looked good on screen. It was a high-scoring game. It went down to the wire. Um, I, I I, was convinced that game there was went to overtime, but didn't. it ended in regulation. And for the score, it be 41-39. That's just brilliant. That's one game I always look back on and remember.
1: Monday Night Football, that was the game where yeah. I'd set my alarm clock wrong, and we were texting, and you were like, what time are you getting up? <laughs> that's off? right. And I That's was like, right. well, I'm getting up at yeah. this time. And you were like, so you're not watching the first hour of the game. Because in the UK, when the primetime games are on, it's like one in the morning start. And on a Monday night, what I tend to do is go to bed early, get in from work, something to eat, go to bed about half, six, seven, and then get up like an hour before the game and then just stay up the next day. And that I'll always remember because you text me. So I sat down, put the telly on, texting yeah. you. And Brian Hoyer threw a pick six in the first seven seconds of the game. Yeah. But... As a neutral, given this, the season we'd had before, and we, when we're putting this show together, you talk about moments at Levi's. Everyone's quick to remember the season this year and last year because they've been amazing, the 2019 run. But you were mentioning there that first year at Levi's. I remember that Kaepernick run against the Chargers. I remember yeah. Carlos Hyde scoring a touchdown in the black uniform against the Vikings where he did the spin move. And like you said, all those things were starting to add up and give Levi's kind of feel now
0: it's memories it's the memories
1: yeah. That's what so it. um before we move on i just start this comment so rob d has been a big supporter of the live, and he's just put there that he's asking for prayers for recovery for his girlfriend who was a niners fan i'm um, sorry hey, Rob. in a coma since new year's eve and he's just asked for for everyone's thoughts just put thank you so rob our prayers and thoughts with you and your family buddy and we do appreciate you taking this time to join on and listen to our crazy conspiracy theories <laughs> about the 49ers moving to Levi Stadium. Uh, yes, Ty, Chip Kelly was uh, terrible. Leanne, never apologise. We always appreciate everybody taking the time out of the day to come and join me and Lee, listening to our our thoughts, and Ty's echoed what we said barely. Pray, prayers yeah. up to Rob and his family. Yeah.
0: Right, so 2017. Still on 2017, so obviously that was the first year uh, Shanahan and Lynch came in and we lost our first nine games. And I think there was a little bit of dread coming into us there. And I think it was that season where the, uh, not the conspiracy theories, but the uh, the paranoia started taking over people, saying that Levi's was cursed. Ever since we've moved to Levi's, we've been rubbish. Um, <laughs> obviously, we, we know that's not right. We know that's not right at all. We're just unlucky um but we ended the season 6 and 10 even though we lost the first 9 games and it comes to again a game i was at and obviously this game has to be my most memorable game of that season so i was there back in 2017 it was a good it was, it was a good trip over there now there's some things that happened that kind of made it a good trip although when you hear the first thing i say you think why did that make it a good trip so I went over with David Ellicott, went over with uh, my nephew, Ben, and my older brother, Steve. Um, the day before, David came up to the Northeast, uh, His grandmother died. So he didn't really have time to grieve. It, it was on the uh, late Saturday night, I think, and I picked him up on the Sunday afternoon. Um, so David was still a little bit in shock. Um, it was unexpected. She hadn't been ill, and she just suddenly passed away. So we ended up going out to san francisco on the monday morning and she died on the saturday evening and david was a little bit quiet i knew he was it's something um he didn't really want to talk about it but we made the best of the holidays we could um and when i say we made the best of it we certainly did so this was the very first time that we should have met nick clark so i'd been liaising with nick clark for about 12 months since then and nick had said look when you guys come over come down to levi's and i'll give you a private tour so on the Tuesday morning, because Monday it was travelling dinner, like that's a 15-hour travel day for us, we we got uh, we got on the Caltrain, headed off down to Levi's, and I'm emailing Nick to say, oh, we're on our way down. Uh, we should get down there for about uh, quarter past 10. Now, we'd already been on the Caltrain for about 45 minutes, so I think we were maybe only 10, 15 minutes outside of Mountain View, and Nick uh, emailed back to say, I'm really sorry, but I've had a family emergency. I'm not going to be able to come into work today. However... I've let security know if you go up to security somebody else will come down and give you the private tour so we did that we went in um we had this private tour by a lad called Jed uh, I can't quite remember what department he worked in um, Jed J- J- Jed <laughs> and you
1: know what people are going to say there yeah. like, <laughs>
0: uh, sorry Jared Jared nice. not Jed Jared sorry Jared I um, can't quite remember what, um, state, uh, what stadium he worked in, what, what department he worked in. But he took us around and he took us into places where you shouldn't really be taken into on a normal tour, and um, which was good. So we got to see a few things that you don't normally get to see. Um, and I think he was quite impressed that as we were going around the stadium, I was telling him more things about the stadium than what he knew. So upstairs on the, uh, the the top level of the executive box, they've got this garden sustainable garden and I was telling him all about that and he was quite surprised because he didn't know that. And then other things about um, uh, about the, the uh, field dimensions. He was quite surprised they knew about that um, so it was a good, it was a good tour, but it kind of wasn't the thing we were expecting anyway. So rather than go straight back, we decided that we were going to just pop into the brick and beam. Which was the 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 pub, uh the steak and bobbing house, which is attached to the stadium. Um, went in there for a couple of pints and some food, and while we were sat there, David tapped us on the shoulder and said, uh, "I think that's Kena Turner over in the to- over in the corner." And I looked over and thought, "Ah, oh, it is." Go over and talk to him. And David straight away, the colour drained out. Went, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. So I said, "Look, I'll go over." So I just got up, went over to Keena Turner, introduced myself, said, "Look." Four guys all over from the UK, and we've come. We were supposed to have this private tour with Nick. Unfortunately, he couldn't do it because he had a family emergency. Didn't tell him about the fact that Jared had turned us, uh, took us around. He says, "All right, guys, I'll tell you what. If you can come back Friday, I'll take you around on a private tour myself. And I'll take you in the museum and we'll, we'll have a wander around. And obviously, we're not turning that down, even though we've just done a, a tour. So we came back on the Friday. We did the tour with Keena Turner, which was it was unbelievable." Some of the stories he, he he was telling us was great. Um, the, the most memorable one, it wasn't really a story, it was just a, a, an answer to my question. And uh, if you've ever been in the museum and had a walk around, there's a little section where they've got the cheerleaders' uniforms throughout the years. I didn't see and,
1: that, I just ran round because I had 40 <laughs> minutes, so I didn't see that bit.
0: So, I happened to mention something about uh the change in the cheerleader uniforms from how they used to be in the 80s to how they are now. And Keena just turned around, started smiling, says, yeah, but it does the same job, doesn't it? (laughs) And I just thought that was wonderful a wonderful answer to uh, an awkward question. It must have been an awkward question for him. But he took us around uh, on that tour. Obviously, he took us into the the SAP training facility, which nobody gets to go into, introduced us to uh, Trent Brown. Uh, we got our pictures taken with Trent Brown um, while I was interviewing Keener um, Garrick Selleck came out and David managed to get his photo taken with Gareth Selleck um, so he was happy and I think I think one I can't remember, one of the kickers might have walked past us but I can't remember Would that have been so,
1: David Akers at the time? Or would that be a different kicker?
0: I don't know, my memory's not that good for that season it might have art. been David Acres. might be.
1: But what I'm alluding yeah. to is we rebranded the the, U, the YouTube channel last year, but you had some original footage from that trip that you're talking about. So yeah. if people want to yeah. go and check out, I think you had a GoPro, didn't you, Lee? Yeah. I did, yeah. You did, you did a vlog. And didn't a uh, High School in America pick it up? So at one point that video was I getting yeah. thousands of views and you couldn't work out why it was getting so many views.
0: It, it still gets hundreds of views a day. It does get hundreds of views a day and the comments on there that obviously high school kids that have been taken on a on a stadium tour of levi stadium um and yeah i think at the moment it's 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 something like thirty one thousand 000 views yeah. it's just unbelievable a, a lot I think, more than what we get. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a few <laughs> negative comments um I, I i don't like your music <laughs> I mean, it's personal taste, and I don't like your music. It's been put together on matchsticks. I, well, I'm not a video editor. It was the very first time I'd done it, but I think it went down quite well. But yeah, that was interesting. So we we've been in the SAP training facility and uh, done seeing that. Yeah, he took us in to meet uh, Paris Harrison and Guy McIntyre. He gave us uh, oh, he actually gave us a hat. Oh, it's, it's it's buried in me knits back there. I've never. I, I've only worn it once. The only time I wore this knit was uh, at the Super Bowl against Kansas City Chiefs. And the reason I don't want to wear it, even though it's probably one of my most favourite uh, knits, the, the whole design of it, is because it was given to us by Keena Turner. Oh, so I call it the Keena. And to be honest, it's going to go into my display cabinet because I'll never wear it. Because it's, well, it's just got like sentimental value.
1: Ty's asking, did you invent select time? I see what he did there. Um,
0: no, <laughs> who did that?
1: And why are you all thinking of I, that?
0: I think that was Brian Davis, you know. I yes. think that was Brian Davis. Right. So
1: Aaron has put there that his first time at Levi's was in 2018. He went to a Monday yeah. night game against the Giants. He loved the feel inside the surgeon. Even though he lost. And uh, Justin is the guy you sent the flag to I know. He got there incredibly quickly. I, there I can't quickly. believe how
0: quickly that got there. In so fact, that flag got quicker across to the United States and some of them got down south.
1: But he's just saying there that he's just jumping in. He'll catch it later. He's, yeah. he's a, he found the show. I think I went. I did a show with Steph Sanchez. And I'm going to sound big-headed here, but he was quite blown away by some of my knowledge. And he yeah. reached out and said, do you guys have a channel? And we're like, yeah, we've got our YouTube, got the podcast, which is out. So he joined the Discord chat that Nadji set up earlier, and he was like, look, I'm not going to be able to watch live, but I'll watch back. So I appreciate that yeah. he's jumped on. And Neil Graham, the font of knowledge, Phil Dawson, was the
0: Phil, Dawson. When you were there. Phil Dawson, yeah, that's it. Oh, actually, so Neil, Neil and Ruth was out that year as well. Yeah. So we joined them for the tailgate uh, before we went into leave. Did we join them for the tailgate? No, they went tailgating with uh, Jose, uh, and we ended up getting the red zone rally. But we, we did, we did meet them after the game. So after after that tour, we ended up going into into the stadium store because I think it was Black Friday. It was Black Friday, and they yeah. had a huge sale on. So me, me, Al Ben and David, we, we dropped an absolute packet between the three of us. <laughs> I think between the three of us, we must have spent about two and a half, three thousand dollars $3,000. And there was this guy walking about and he just happened to notice us. And he went over to David and uh, started talking to him. Um, and I think he said something like, you guys look as though you've uh, remortgaged your house to to, to uh, come into the store. And as soon as David started talking, he said, oh, where are you from? So David said, oh, yeah, we're from the UK. There's a group of four of us here. Um, and he said, right, I'll tell you what, when you come to the game on Sunday, come and meet us at Intel Gate there and I'll sort you out with some some concessionaries um, just to say, like, thank you for coming all the way over from the UK. So we were expecting something like a beer or a burger, like a token thing to go and get a free beer, a free burger. So we rocks up, and he changed our tickets. So our tickets were like $100 seat tickets. And he changed them for $900 Levi's 501 club tickets. And that's where the, the players' families are. So we we're up there watching the game, right in the halfway line, stood talking to Trent Brown's uh, mum and dad, his parents. <laughs> we just couldn't believe it. And that was the same year, me and David got right down to the field side and we were sat or we were stood right behind the CRC Hawks bench. And that's when the steward had to say, Stop shouting cheaty peaty <laughs> because Pete Carroll was walking past us, and I cheaty peaty, cheaty peaty. And yeah, I got wrong for that, but uh, we were down there and we did that. So that game there it, it was memorable for many reasons. Obviously, we got to the Levi's 501 club, we got down the field side right behind uh, the Seahawks bench. But the most memorable thing about that game was that was the game where Jimmy Garoppolo came in with I think it was about a minute and 12 seconds left after um, C.J. Bethard had been injured. And he took us down the field. And when I say took us down the field, I think we were already already at the 35 or something like that, so he didn't have to take us far. Um, He took us down and he threw a touchdown to Lewis Murphy. And from that game onwards, it was his team. Now, now,
1: don't be... Dissing Neil Watson's start of his storybook career to the nine no, when mean, you were there. You, I know, Yeah, I'm I mean,
0: you, you look at that. I mean, I, I was there for his first game. I was there for his last game. It, it just feels really strange that that happened. And who else's game were you there at Levi's Stadium? In... For Brock Purdy's first game. <laughs> Not only that, I was I was in Vegas when Brock Purdy was drafted. He was. Right the front of the stage.
1: So Rob has put there that he can't stay for the whole show, but he thanks everyone for his prayers. Um, David put on earlier Lee that he's, he'd never made it to candlestick. He drove past once when he was there for work and he hasn't set foot in Levi's yet, but he's saying that he's enjoying listening to your stories. He's watched the videos on you the did. stadium tour. And David, I didn't think I was ever going to set foot inside Levi's. And <laughs> Neil, he said he could have cried when you told him the star had 33% off on Black Friday, yeah. but just flown in and didn't have time. And I suppose if I'm nitpicking and I know we're going to do a gold mine show, the store being absolutely rammed when we were there. So I'd seen that video, and you've talked yeah. about going in the day before. Now, to be fair, I'm glad that I did the museum. I'm glad Maria let me and Kev into the museum. So out of the two, I'd have always chosen the museum because you can always buy stuff online. But I do think next time I go back, Lee, I'll set some time to go to the stadium the day so, before or I mean, the day after.
0: What what I'll say about the stadium store? back in 2014 when it opened 2014 2015 2017 but only because you got the 30 percent discount you could get some reasonably priced merchandise but then when i've been back in 2019 2022 and this year i've walked into the stadium store and i've looked at stuff i mean this i forced myself to buy this so i bought this in 2022 um i forced myself to buy it because i liked it so much but it was a ridiculous price. It was like seventy dollars, and I just thought it's not worth seventy dollars. But I ended yeah. up paying it anyway. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that was 2017. My, my good friend Chris Smith. But yeah, no, I know what you're saying. Say about, aluminum for us.
1: We'll get we'll get into that in a minute. I know I know what you're saying about the team. So that's why I wasn't too hung up. Like the one thing that I wanted when I was out in San Francisco was a new hat. With the Forty Niners logo, which I got from P. Thirty Nine, and you know, I regretted not getting the Shannon hoodie that you got last year. Yeah, you so regretted this year. You regretted not getting the Salute to Service hoodie. Uh, yeah. Zip, and I saw the link and sent it to you. But I got this year's Shannon hoodie for Christmas. Like you said, the, the fanatics get a bit of a bad press, but getting the Nike merchandise, Tracy got me this for Christmas purely because it yeah. has the Golden Gate Bridge on. Like you said, if I've I got a like that. Yeah, Tracy, I was quite impressed when I opened that. And uh, I'm trying to see behind. There's the photo frame that you picked up last year. So when we were putting together this show and we were talking about conspiracy theories at Levi's, I knew we'd go down the rabbit hole of our experiences and people jumping in the chat. Um, And so you're going to have to explain this to people now.
0: Right, so so the reason we got to the field side, so with the Levi's 501 Club Passes, it was kind of an access all areas pass. So because me and David had been to Levi's uh, a few times anywhere, we wanted to wander about. So we'd try to find all the different areas we could get in. Apparently there's a, there's a tunnel directly under the uh, field that you can get to the opposite side where the 49ers um, bench is, but we couldn't find it. Um, but we ended up going down into, I think you call it the, the BNY club. Which is behind the uh, the road team's bench, so you've got the uh, uh, you've got the big entrance exit into it, and you can get right behind the uh, the bench. And we went to go through there, and believe it or not, I'm going to call my good friend because he's a good friend now. The guy that was on the door, the security guy, was a guy called Steve Madden. He was a member of the group. He was in the group, um, and it was his uh, turn on the door, and he stopped us. But his boss, Chris Smith, he he'd overheard. And he'd overheard the accents. So he'd come over and he said, uh, where are you guys from? So said, oh, we're from England. He said, uh, so what are you doing? Have you got the right tickets to be in here? So we showed him the tickets and everything. He said, all right, fine, that's fair enough. He said, do us a favour and, and say aluminium, uh, aluminium for us. So I said, aluminium. He said, no, no, do it the way you do it. So I said, aluminium. That's it. He just completely lost his shit. He loved it. He was absolutely creased laughing when I said aluminium. So he you, you turned around to Steve and he says, Steve, let these guys go anywhere they want. So they let us through. That's when we were pitch side, um, pitch side, field side. Shoot myself the same pitch. Wow. So that was a lovely little lovely little story again. And it's just these characters that you meet. So back in, I think it was September, it was it was definitely September when I was over for the Giants game on my birthday. Steve happened to be, happened to be walking past as I was with... Um, Oh, God. Brian Culp? No.
1: you would, uh, The photos I saw, so you were with David.
0: Was I with Brian Culp? The photos who was are so I saw. Or... I, I was with somebody. Was it David Betteridge? Yeah, David Betteridge was there. I'm trying to think who else I was there with.
1: The photos I saw, so there was tiles. Yeah. There was he, he actually
0: walked past us, recognised us, came straight over and jumped in for a photo with us. Oh, I'll tell you who was there. It was um, 49ers Mark. Oh, Mark right. uh, Castro. So, yeah, he came over, had a photo taken. Great lad. Great <laughs> lad.
1: Ty wins comment of the night. Conspiracy. <laughs> Lee sneaks into Levi's stage by
0: What's oh, the secret, secret tunnel, tunnel Ty. It's the presidential the tunnel, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. But you're talking about there, like, I remember, I remember when we were coming back from levi So, we just left Ty. I've got the photo of the Joe Mon- Yeah, when I couldn't statue. speak. <laughs> yeah. We got on, you'll correct me, it was definitely a train. Was it, it was the vtl, the VTL light. light Yeah, right. so, so we the get VTL on there Lights. and standing room only and this uh i say young lady american was like you guys not local like, yeah got chatting about england and you'll laugh at this lee so she, she talked about um messi she was a big soccer fan she was right about the impact messi had and she was talking about david beckham and i said look the problem the americans had is they expected david beckham to be like messi when in fact, Beckham was more like Carl Juszczyk of the 49ers as opposed to CMC, as opposed to Debo. And she was like, that's brilliant. I am using that to explain that to all my friends. So I was like, David Beckham, Carl check, get that into a conversation. But we had a good bit of banter with her. She couldn't believe that there was 36 of us had flown yeah. on the yeah. Friday to go and watch that game. And I, like you said, I, I didn't have the good fortune of going to a candlestick, but I've seen the detractors of Levi Stadium now. I think you did it right. You took me to Stanford on the Saturday and I was quite impressed by Stanford Stadium. I went for a walk on the Tuesday to see Keysar Stadium. Now I know yeah. it's just the archway there. Yeah. So I kind of ticked those off. But I was very impressed with Levi Stadium in the flesh, seeing it for the first time, walking up to it. And then when we didn't go in Intel Gate A, we were at the other side.
0: Yeah, so we went into Dignity Health Gate C. That's where you go in for the gold mine. So where you stand, for, uh, where you stand, where you sit for the the gold mine that's on Intel Gate So that's at the top of Intel Gate But to go in, you have to go in at the opposite side, which is Dignity Health Gate C, and that's I'd, where you meet.
1: And I'd underestimated that impact of going up the stairs and then getting to the top of there and then yeah, walking and, and around and seeing right. there. That that for me was I was really impressed. And then at the end of the game you look back on your memories. I'm gutted that I missed out on that big photo with Neil's big flag, 49ers yeah. mark. But at that point, Nadji took me for a walk all the way around. Yeah. And one of my favourite photos is I can see you guys in the distance. Now, me and have took a photo and yeah. it was quite, just taking it all in. I know before the game started, Connor Ryan and Jess had been at the top of the stadium near us. So again, after we'd done our interview with Nick Clark, I, I managed to take that opportunity to... Do what Connor did and go right to the top and get some yeah,
0: photos. But Connor needs to be really careful going to the top of Levi's Stadium with uh, his skin type. With him being <laughs> ginger, if he does it during the deal, he'll just spontaneously combust.
1: Now, I wasn't going to mention this, Neil, but yeah, she got that—the that, American lady we were talking to. <laughs> she suddenly was like, "Oh my God, I'm in the wrong direction," and left off the train. Out. It was about the same time Brett entered the conversation, so I'm just putting two and two together there and saying when Brett started talking in his uh, wonderful Scottish accent, the young lady decided to. I'm, I'm joking, Brett. It, it's a joke. Um, while I've been interrupted there, James, I was on my best behaviour. To be honest, the star was that ram packed. Yeah. My memory of the yeah. star was Neil Graham was getting you a thank you jersey, and yeah. I was in on the secret, and I bumped into you when I was like bloody hell mate, rammed in here. I'm I'm going. And you had a jersey in your hand. And I was like, what jersey have you got there? And you were a little bit like, why? I was like, oh, I'm I'm just interested. And then I bumped into Neil and I was like, he's got that jersey. He's got that jersey.
0: Honestly, Paul, everything just goes whoosh straight over my head. Neil could have been stood there talking, to us, saying, so what size jersey here? Which he did. He said, what size jersey are you getting? Because I had a jersey. But he could have been saying, so what size do you take? Which jersey do you want next? Which one do you fancy out of all these ones? And it wouldn't have occurred to us at all what was happening.
1: No, to be fair, he did he did do that quite well. And it, it, it's memories like that that I mean, Neil's obviously watching. Now we are going to do a dedicated show about the gold mine, so we didn't yeah. want to make tonight about the gold mine. The, tonight was about Levi's. Now I do want to ask you a question because we've hardly got into the conspiracy theories. I think I know your answer, but yeah. if you could, and you could. Turn back time. Yeah. Would you put the stadium back in the city? Oh,
0: without showing where it is. No, no. It would definitely be San Francisco. Yeah. Every every day of the year, it would be San Francisco. I'd even look at the feasibility of sticking it in uh, Golden Gate Park.
1: Oh, wow. I I mean, like I said, I did manage Keysar Stadium um, on the Tuesday. You'd got Seattle at like stupid o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, And I was meeting Ted for lunch. So me and Adjie went for a quick walk to the park and obviously cut through to get to Keys' our Stadium. And I must admit I did think imagine if the Niners played at a stadium this close to the city. Yeah. Because it would have yeah. been and, and um and obviously we went to the Golden State Warriors game on a Monday night and the fact that you were in the heart of the city and Oracle Park. I'm not a massive baseball fan, but after doing that stadium too early, I I would be keen to watch a game there.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Golden Gate Park would be the perfect uh, place to do it because obviously if you've only just been to Keysar, you don't realise how big Golden State Park is. Yeah, uh, Golden Gate Park is. Um, me and David definitely found out last year. Not last year, <laughs> but it was twenty twenty two. So after watching the Thanksgiving Day game, the Turkey Ball uh, game, we'd gone into Keysar, we'd had a quick pint because they're closing up really early, which is unusual. And then we decided, all oh, right, we'll walk through Golden Gate Park, we'll walk up to um Land's End. Land's End? Yeah, I think it's Land's End. And then round to Baker Beach that way. Not real- realising actually how far that was. Because I had in my mind it would be about uh, four mile. It was actually four miles just to walk through Golden Gate Park. <laughs> and then you had to cut up and go up towards Golden Gate Bridge. So we ended up getting, them, I think, two thirds of the way through. And I think it was 26th Avenue that we uh, ended up cutting up. Um, which basically took you straight up to where... Baker Beach was, Um, so we ended up doing that, and we missed out a whole third of Golden Gate Park, but that that was a hell of a walk that day. It's a massive place.
1: It is, yeah. Well, I fell foul of, if you were on our trip, and if Nadji told you it was 10 minutes away, you added at least 50 minutes, if not more. So I fell in the trap of, Nadji, I'm meeting Ted for lunch today. Ted talks ball. Nadji's like, oh, we've got a a couple of hours to kill. So I get on this bus with Nadji Lee, and we were going further and further out. And then we get off, and there was a sign, for the Golden Gate Park. So, you know me with my phone, took yeah. a photo of it. And then we're walking. I opened my phone I was like, Naji, there's no way on this planet we're getting around this whole park. He's like, yeah, we'll, we'll do our best. I was like, seriously, there's no way. So, that's when we shot it, cut it to Keysar Stadium. Now, I yeah. wasn't there for long. But again, if you are going to go to the city, I definitely would take your advice and make time to do some of the sightseeing. Um, yeah, and it did I mean... kind of feel a bit surreal being on. Keysar ground, because I know it's yeah. linked to
0: the Niners. And obviously you know about Dirty Harry being filmed there as well, yeah? I yeah. did when I was so, so one room, of the yeah. scenes at the end where he chases them through the stadium. Oh, that's where that is, that's Keysar Stadium. Um yeah, I mean if you'd been to Keysar and you had been to Keysar, you you were literally a five minute walk away from the Hate Ashbury um district, the the old hippie district, Summer of Love sixty nine, that sort of thing. Um, which is interesting walking through there. And then, again, another five, ten-minute min- ten walk max. You're at uh, the Painted Ladies in Alamo Square. Everywhere is walkable within San Francisco, if you don't mind walking for, like, 20, 25 minutes. Um, so, yeah, there's so many things that you could have seen there. The, the only place I would recommend going, uh, definitely not on your own, is Twin Peaks. So, obviously, me and David went to Twin Peaks last uh Back in 2022 um that was when we were driving down to santa cruz and it's the only place the pair of us have not felt safe i mean i'm six foot david six foot four six foot five two, two strapping blokes got out of the car yeah uh, <laughs> when i say that i'm talking about me and david <laughs> blowing me on trumpeting so me and david got out of the car and we we're like uh yeah this just does not feel safe here um so it was kind of a tick in the box for us we just got out took our photos straight back in the car and drove off um, that's the only place in San Francisco I've never felt safe. That and probably is anywhere past 6th Street. So once you get past 6th Street, it becomes decidedly dodgy. You're going towards Civic Centre. Um, if you go one back from 6th Street, or not one back from 6th Street, but one back from Market Street, you've got Turk and Eddy. Turk and Eddy's not a particularly desirable place. Um, it's not somewhere that day uh, you want to go. In fact, back in 2013 when I met David, he was staying at the Hotel Beijew, and that's literally around the corner from Turt and Eddy. And the concierge had said to David, <clears throat> when, you leave the, when you leave the hotel, whatever you do, don't turn right. He says, got you, I'll go right. Uh, sorry, got you, I'll go left. He says, no, no, don't turn left either. He says, well, hang on, here. <laughs> if I'm not turning right, and I'm not turning left, where am I going? He says, go straight off the road, round that corner there, head towards Union Square, and then you're okay. (laughs) And try and make the direct route back. But don't go left, don't go right, because it's a really bad area. And to be honest, I mean, you look down the street and you can see it's a bad area.
1: I'd heard some of the stories before we went, and I know there was a lot of people saying that we didn't see a true reflection because the uh, convention had been on when we landed and the city had been cleaned up. But obviously, safety numbers, we were at Pier 39. um, And like I said... When I I talk about my experience, we did Stanford, we did the NBA game, we did the Niners game, um, and obviously you've been before, so I think I would have been lost without you. But we did see the city, we saw a fair bit of the city, we travelled on public transport, uh, You know, we went up to the Golden Gate Bridge, we even brought the wonderful rain when we landed on the Friday, it was chucking it down, the Saturday morning it was chucking it down, but um, I reshared our video from Victory Monday at the Golden yep. Gate Bridge. Meaning you our voices were very harsh, and it's well, little f- memories like that that keep popping up. So when we were putting this show together, I've got those memories from twenty twenty three. But how many times have you been Levi's now?
0: Uh, let me have a quick look. So I'll, I'll I'll do it in game. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six seven eight. eight eight games at Levi's I've done
1: so we were talking when we were doing our research there was a talk of the new concrete building there was no soul there was no kind of yeah. memories and you mentioned Nick Clark now I know we've been talking for an hour so don't worry everyone we won't be going much longer but do you think the job what Nick's done and the gold mine and the fan engagement area has helped
0: give that it, it has so I mean the gold mine only came about back in 2019 and then that the uh, I had to pause it for a year due to COVID. Um, and it was always supposed to be a three-year three trial, which is why I wasn't entirely sure whether or not they're going to do it after this season. After speaking to Nick while I was over there, it seems as though they are impressed with how it's gone. They think it is working. Um, they think the atmosphere is better since the gold mine's been in. Um, and, and in that case, they're going to continue doing it. Plus, it's a great way to kind of reward fans in a way because you get in free of charge. Obviously, if the team weren't doing that well, tickets plummet. So a good example of that was back in 2015. Um, that was the Cardinals game that me and David went to. I think we paid something like $95 for a, for a seed ticket. Um, that was up in section 310. And on game day, the same tickets were down to about $12 because we weren't playing very well that season. So it, it's give and take. It all depends on how you're doing. Obviously, this season, we've been brilliant. Last season, we were brilliant. Um, so ticket prices don't drop that much. Um, I, w- I would imagine on game day, you can still get them for maybe $70, $80 because people are, who have the tickets are trying to sell them as soon as possible to get as much money as possible. Um, but yeah, I mean, the tickets where we were, if, if we had to buy tickets where the gold mine is, just in front of us, those tickets were going from anywhere between $250 and $500 in those seats just in yeah. that corner. The so it's expensive.
1: Amazing. The view was amazing. Yeah. The fact that there was 40 of us. So, um, See, when <laughs> when we put together the idea, everyone, of doing a live show, it's very different to the pod, isn't it, Lee? Because you go live, um, you don't put... I wouldn't say as much prep. We didn't want it to be scripted.
0: So I was going to say, specific. I've put more preparation into this than what I've done all season of the podcast.
1: But what I mean... <laughs> don't tell is, Gareth. <laughs> yeah, Gareth, Gareth should have been watching. But what I mean is when the the live element and and the comments, what I was going to finish off with is you did your short yesterday. So that's going to be a feature moving forward, isn't it? It is. So I
0: just wanted
1: you to explain that a bit more to the people watching.
0: Yeah. So before I explain the short, what I'll say is um, what, what I'd like of the live show, if obviously you need to agree this between the presenters before you go on, it doesn't need to be one hour. It can what? be shorter than one hour. It can be longer than one hour. If we've still got stuff to talk about, we'll continue talking. And, and finish it off. I mean, we're only up to 2017. We've still got another six seasons to go. Um, so, yeah, the short. The reason I brought in the shorts is I thought it was a good way just to communicate what we're doing. Um, it obviously gets our views up. It only takes a minute. I thought it would be dead easy to record a short and stick it on there. The one I stuck on yesterday, I had to record 12 times because believe me, 60 seconds goes over a lot quicker than what you think it goes over. The first time, the first attempt I did, I hadn't even started talking about what we were gonna do in the show. And I was up to 55 seconds, I thought, what? (laughs) Right, cancel, delete, start again. 12 times it took us. So it's not easy, it is time consuming, but I think it's a really good way of of one, getting views up, two, getting a, a more clear message away. Plus, we can use it on different platforms. So it went up on YouTube as a short. It went up on Instagram as a reel. It went on TikTok. And th- the response I had from TikTok was unbelievable. In the 12 months that TikTok's been up, I think we had about 800 views on the videos that are up there. Within 20 minutes of that short going on to TikTok, we had 1,800 views just on that one shot. Yeah. So it kind of worked. It, it must have hit hit an area where... People thought, right, well, that looks interesting. I I like the description of it. Let's watch it because it's only a minute long.
1: So I know we're not finishing off yet. And again, just trying to get people, because normally we do an hour. um, And like you said, we knew tonight's topic was kind of, I wouldn't say go down a rabbit hole, but what we wanted to do is We've gone down plenty of rabbit holes. We have, we have, buddy. (laughs) But um, it's like when me and Najee stood in for you and uh, Gareth on the pod, um we went down the rabbit hole so we're we up to now 2017 so come on let you've got so, a lot of pressure so, let, so tw-
0: 2017 so on to 2018 then so 2018 obviously it was a bad year again Four 412 phone 4 4 at home um for me the prob- The standout game is probably November the 2nd. It was the last Battle of the Bay. Nick Mullins lit it up on Thursday night football, beating the Raiders uh, 34-3. George Kittle with that one-handed catch, smack bang in the uh, middle of three defenders. Um. And so we all thought, yeah, Nick Mullins, second coming of Joe Montana. How wrong were we?
1: That was Tracy's first game. She fell asleep That's halfway right. through, I remember but that was Tracy's first yeah.
0: game. Yeah. <laughs> so that was quite a, an uninspiring season. And I think people started getting a little bit um, impatient because it was obviously Shanahan's second season. But then on the 2019, Super Bowl year, great start to the season, 8-0. We ended up uh, finishing 13-3. and 3. We were 6-2 at home. Um, again, 2019 was a year I went over. Um, to me, I think one of the standout games was 17th of November game against the Cardinals. Jimmy G, 424 yards, Debo, 134 yards through the air. Um, the game I was at was probably another standout game. Um, it's definitely one I like because this one, we actually beat uh, the Green Bay Packers 37-8, and it was the worst game statistically that Aaron Rodgers had ever played. Um, and I think it still is the worst game he's ever played. And I don't think he's forgiven us about that. Um, and then on the playoffs. So we had a couple of games at home. We beat the Vikings at home. And again, I think the standout season of the playoffs and probably that season in, in, in total was the Packers at home again. Raheem mustard 220 yards on the ground, four touchdowns. Jimmy Chi six of eight, 77 yards. And that's when the real doubts came in about Jimmy. Why wasn't he allowed to throw the ball? Because he had thrown the ball against the Packers back in uh, November. But for some reason, he hadn't. Um, not even going to talk about what happened in the Super Bowl. On to the 2020 season, COVID, injury plague season. We were 6-10, and 1-7 at home. Um, the most memorable game that year was the bye week. I think that everybody thought, thank God for the bye week. Uh, that was the one where we lost both um, Nick Bosa and I think Solomon Thomas, one player after the other. And I think later on in that game, Jimmy enju- ended up injuring his ankle. He, he had a high yeah. ankle spray. So we lost three pieces, and I think that was game two against the, uh, the Jets.
1: It was. It was in um, New York, because remember rightly, <coughs> was. that was the year we were going to do our first fighting NFL for UK stateside trip because we thought New York might be a good sell. That's right, because so we wouldn't be do back-to-back back games. Yes. We are going to do back-to-back yes. back games, and then COVID hit, and and then obviously, like you said, we lost three players. So, yeah, 2020 yeah. is not a good year for
0: any of us. So, 20, 2020, uh, 2021. So, that was a little bit better. We ended up 10-7, 4-4-1. Um, for me personally, I thought the most memorable game was the Texans game, purely because that's the first time we saw Trey Lance looked like he could be the quarterback we thought he was going to be. Um, Not necessarily the first half, because the first half he he was pretty poor, but that's because Shanahan kept on trying to run him up the gut all the time. In the second half, he was allowed to throw the ball, and we were all thinking, wow, he can't half fling that ball down the field. He's got some arm strength in him, and it kind of looked good. So to me, that Texans game in 21, that was the game of the season for me, the most memorable game, not necessarily the best game, but the one that stood out thinking, yeah, you mean the game Neil the Watson right
1: flew five and a half thousand miles <coughs> to see his hero Jimmy in action and then yeah, had to watch Trey didn't... Lance play? <laughs> sorry, Neil. I had to get that. Know, I'm, I'm laughing.
0: I'm not going to say sorry, Neil.
1: But no, I think um, Wayne, who's just been promoted to the admin team, mm-hmm. the official photographer and
0: sponsor of the Well, live. when you say promoted, what I would say is, Neil, Neil, yeah, Neil, Wayne has been reinserted as an admin. So Win was an admin back in 2015. Obviously, when the group split into two, both me and Wayne took on all the, uh, all the admin duties for that, and Win was an admin all the way up to, I think, 2018, 2019. Um, and I hope he doesn't mind us saying this, but he had a few health issues, and he said, look, do you mind if I step back from being an admin? And I've said, of course not. Look after yourself. Get yourself sorted. So we stepped back. And then since then, I think uh, everything's taken off. He's getting he's getting over those um, th- those uh, health issues. Obviously, he, he's, he, he met a lovely, charming woman. He's married her. He's very happy now. Um, and he does a lot for us. And he does a lot more than what people realise. So it was Wayne that actually created our website. He actually pays for the website. So it, thank you very much for doing that, uh, Wayne. And he does a lot. Obviously, he does um, thumbnails for the show. Um, and he's obviously our official photographer as well. And he does such a good job, and he does it all free of charge. So I thank you very much for uh, taking on the duties again as one of the admin. So staff. he's saying
1: there that he likes the new format. Um, he's going to watch the end later. And when I watched that video back when me and you did our victory Monday dance, he was trying to get a selfie, and I ruined it. I was like, "It's the best photo bomb ever." But <laughs> no, I think I think it's been a good yeah. it's been a good start to the live, and I have enjoyed. Yeah delving back into our history and i think levi's team starting to feel more at home so with 2021 so you've got last year and this year yeah. finish off lee so yeah. they're two uh, fantastic years to talk
0: about yeah so i mean obviously 20 uh you mean 2022 and 2023 so 2022 13 and 4 uh regular season eight and one at home um for me I, i've it has to be the Miami Dolphins game. When Purdy came in, things started to look up for us. I was at the game before that as well. I was at the Saints and Dolphins game. Saints, I managed to get on the field before halftime to do the, the quiz. So obviously that was pretty special. The game was pretty dire, to be honest. It was a, it was an awful game to watch. Um, but to, to get onto Levi's field while they're still playing and, and literally be on the edge of the end zone, as, as the 49ers were trying to get into the end zone, Uh, and filled miserably. Um, That was pretty special, that, because it just felt so close. Um, Unfortunately, it was one or two games after somebody had run under the field when we played the Rams. Yeah, it was the Rams. Because of that, there was added security and uh, everybody was just giving us the stink eye because I stood so close to the end zone. Uh, But obviously, that that makes it memorable for me. Miami Dolphins. When Jimmy G went down, me, David Ellicott, Nick Ludlum David Betteridge we all looked at each other uh, not David Betteridge he wasn't there it was me Nick and David uh, Ellicott we looked at each other and thought that's it that's our season gone we can't believe it Um, obviously Trey Lance was already injured he'd been injured against Seattle Seahawks we'd lost Jimmy who was arguably playing the best football he played since 2017 Um, and then we were taking this kid who'd been picked with the last overall pick and we're thinking oh. Don't know about this. Although, having said that, I did predict pre-season that uh, Brock Purdy would throw the game-winning touchdown in the Super Bowl because I liked what I saw from him in pre-season. So he came in, he was a little bit shaky, as you all know. A a couple of his uh, first few passes um, just sailed over people. But then a a switch flicked and it was just, wow, what what are we watching here? This is just too good to be true. Uh, And the rest is history on Purdy's career. But obviously, that, that was one of the standout games of the regular season. Into the playoffs, uh, we went 2-0 in the playoffs. Um, both away games. or oh, were they both home games? They were both home games. Yeah, that's right. Um, Dallas with Ziggy at uh, centre. So, I mean, that's a memorable game. You'll not see that very often. Um, and then on to 2023. So this year, 12-5 and 5 at home. Sorry, 12 and 5 in the season, 5 and 3 at home. Um, I managed to get out three games this season. One of them was away, but two of them were at home. So the Giants, on my 50th birthday, um, that was memorable because it was my 50th birthday. Um, I could think of no better place to be than Levi Stadium watching 49ers play. And it was just sheer luck that that happened to play on my birthday. I didn't really have anything else planned. I don't particularly like parties. I don't like parties when they're to do with me being thrown for me. I, just, I don't like being the centre of attention, so I thought I don't want to party. I just want to go and do what I want to do. Um, and I had the full support of my wife who works in the school and she can't uh, she can't go anywhere outside of uh, the, the summer holidays, school holidays, so I just went. Um, memorable games from this season. I think it's got to be the Cowboys 42-10 demolition none of us expected that we, we were just blown away by it, how much we dominated them so that that's the end of the 10 season now you're not going to believe this I was very surprised and I might test people so I mean I've given all the home records for the 10 season we've been in I wonder if anybody's actually been making a note of that who knows what the final total is I'll, I'll give you a I'll give you a minute, one minute to put your answers, your best guesses. Yes. Yeah, so so I'll y- tell y- I'll, g- I'll give you a guess and I'll tell you that there's 81 games in total being played at Levi Stadium in the regular season.
1: I know because I'm not going to answer because I did my homework. But whilst we're letting the chat, put the comments in there. Oh, so well, Luke.
0: Well, now I'm nervous because I always have to t- tally up if you know what the home <laughs> record well, is. I
1: think I know. My notebook's downstairs. But um, Luke All has right. put that we did a great job today. So appreciate you tuning Thank in. Thank you, Luke. Totally agree, Neil. Wayne's a legend. So what we will be doing whilst we're giving the chat, so drop them in your comments if you're still watching. Please give us your uh, overall record of the 10 years at Levi's. But what tonight, Lee set the topic because it was the first of the new format. But what we're going to do moving forward, isn't it, Lee? We're going to announce the topic a couple of days before. or we going to do a lot? Are we going to ask people for thoughts? It's yeah, kind we're of a work ask, in progress at the moment, isn't it? We're gonna
0: ask people for for thoughts on what you want the topic to be within the group. We'll discuss that between ourselves and then we'll pick one of those topics and then we'll put um and we'll put sorry, I'm just seeing what Colin's saying there. And then we'll we'll do a short to say this is what it's gonna be.
1: So like you said, the, the live kind of grew its own community and um Obviously, you press live, the comments. We always love the comments. But what we're trying to do is we know the podcast is well received. We've had record numbers this year. So what we were careful of is we didn't want to just keep repeating what's said on the pod. And we do appreciate everybody that downloads and listens to the pod. And I'm at that point of the show. We're an hour and 16 minutes in there and I haven't done it. Please hit the like button. Please turn the notifications on and hit subscribe. It does mean a lot. I think we're at 711 subscribers when I checked last time on YouTube, which is amazing. We are trying to hit a 1,000. If we could do that by the end of the season, it would be amazing. But I think that might be a target for next year. So Jay has jumped in. He's put 40 to 37. So I saw 40 wins to 38 losses. Is that right? Right. Is that wrong?
0: So I've I've got a different figure. I've got 40 wins to 41 losses. Uh,
1: You might be right. My notebook's downstairs, so... But Colin's got 40 wins. And I'm going to and double check worse.
0: that. I mean, so we, we, we've all gone for 40 wins, but I've got 41 losses. Now, I'm trying to figure out how they've tried to work that out. Because if you recall, we've had an additional um, an additional game for the last two, three seasons now. So And that was just two regular seasons season. 17 games. That's Perfect. just regular season. So in the playoffs, which is a very good sign, we have 4 0 phone yes, on the
1: I like it and also people if you would like to guest appear on the show yeah and bring a topic of your own we are looking into doing that what we will say if you are going to come on the show we'd prefer it not to be on a phone so we'd prefer it if you've got a setup similar to what we have just kind of for recording purposes yeah but equally we are keen to get some of the faithful on and obviously bring the topic to what you want to talk about but I think we've done well there, Impressed with I went knowledge of Levi stadium and your Scooby Doo conspiracy theory. So for the people who haven't yeah. watched, I'll is be that your favourite? Is it? The I'll Scooby-Doo be dropping a Scooby Doo gift later to say if you missed the show, just to get the talking point. I hadn't heard that before. To be honest, mate,
0: I, I hadn't heard of any of them before. Well, I'd heard a little bit about the third one, the military base and the uh, radioactive material. Um, but when I read it, and uh, rumor has it that the NFL became aware of this, conducted extensive investigation, and found that the radioactive uh, waste was the, the sole reason that Jerry Rice was so superhuman, I just thought was hilarious. And like I said, I had to go down multiple subreddits to find these uh, conspiracy theories. Because when you type it in, it's very hard to find anything.
1: Yeah, I must admit, I, I did struggle with that. So we will be back later in the week with the next episode of the 49 faithful uk pod which will be very strangely because it's normally a preview game and we don't have a game this weekend but uh jay, jay is still waiting yeah. for the foundation me too mate me too <laughs> jay keep keep your eyes out have you? got a chain of thoughts so any final thoughts lee before we get on out of here
0: so Levi's, like I said, it was a grower. It has grown on us. I, I do feel as though it's home now. Um, the thing I like about Levi's is when you're going up either one of the stairways, if you're on uh, Intel, uh, Gate C or Gate A, when you get to the top of that stairs and you can see down on the field and then actually see how high that stand is opposite the uh, the executive boxes. I think it's an impressive stadium to look at it that way. I don't particularly think it's a good stadium for football. It was definitely not made to win football games. It was made to generate money. That's obvious. Um, but it, it has improved over the years. And yeah. it is now home. And it's going to be home for the next 30 years. So we appreciate
1: your support, Ty. We appreciate everybody tuning in. Now, you say that before we go that going up the stairways, I went to Paris in 2020. And when you came out of the elevator near the Arc de Triumph, I thought that was pretty impressive. But yeah. seeing that view when we came up the gate, that that for me yeah. was better. And then the walk around. But yes, we will be back later in the week with the podcast. We will be back next Wednesday. Who knows? It might be me and Lee. It might be me, Lee and Nadji. It might be me, Lee, Nadji and Gareth. And it could be a special guest. But the first one is in the books, Lee. I'm looking forward to the next one. So, all that is left for me to say is thank you for watching, everyone. Stay safe and go Niners.
0: Bang, bang, Niners, gang. We love
1: the San Francisco 49ers deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep here's Garrison Hurt, Stiff Farm, going 99.